You're listening to Misunderstood Podcast, where we're setting the record straight on all things misunderstood. I'm your host, Kelly Hall, pageant runner-up, model, speaker, entrepreneur, pageant queen, and U.S. Navy lieutenant. I may have never won a Miss USA title, but I am the queen of being misunderstood. Welcome to the show, guys. Hey, guys. What's up, world? It's your host, Kelly Sabraki. And boy, am I so excited to share this episode with you guys. I was so honored to be on Olivia Santelli's podcast, Growing Pains. She's new to the podcast world. She's a former first runner-up just like me in the Miss USA system. She's a model. She's a speaker. She is just this young and -and up-and-coming woman. And I loved that I got to share a little bit about my story on her podcast. Check her out, Growing Pains Podcast on Spotify and iTunes. So she had me on her podcast to discuss pursuing your dream life everything that that meant to me, my journey, everything I've overcome, how I'm pursuing passions and hashtag doing both. I just thought that this was such a great interview. She did a tremendous job setting intentions and talking about sequentially how things have kind of happened to me. And I really opened up about really how I got to where I am today. So I thought it would be unique to just share this interview on my own podcast and really just dive into a little bit more of my background for you listeners out there. Also, obviously, I want to support fellow queen and podcast hosts. So happy to feature her podcast and include all of her notes and links in the show notes as well. So thanks for joining us today and stay tuned. This is my interview with Olivia Santelli on Growing Pains podcast about pursuing your dream life. Hey everyone, welcome back to episode 11 of Growing Pains. This week I am so excited to welcome you, not only a friend, but an absolute leader in her industry and her personal life. She's the face of a community empowering over 85,000 on her social platforms. She's the host of Misunderstood Podcast, a naval officer, founder of Hashtag Do Both, pageant queen, and so, so, so much more. I'm thrilled to welcome Kelly Hall Sabraki to this week's episode of Growing Pains. Kelly, welcome. Thank you so much, Olivia. Oh my gosh. I'm so happy you asked me. I've been literally waiting for an invitation to come on your podcast. So thank you so much. (laughs) Kelly and I met on social media through Sports Illustrated. Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like that's how I honestly have met most of my friends these days, if I'm being honest. Yeah. And then she moved to Chicago and I moved back to Chicago after college. And she messaged me and was like, hey, I'm hosting Bachelorette Girls Night. Do you want to come? Yeah. And it was the best day of my life, you guys. I swear on my life, I texted my boyfriend. I was like, oh my God, she just texted me to say if I wanted to come hang out. I don't know if I should go. Should I go? (laughs) And it was the best decision I made. So I'm so excited that we have become acquainted and become a little bit more than social media pals. (laughs) 
I know. I really try to do that as much as I can without being a total creep. But, you know, like I feel like you can really pick up people's vibes on social media. And even though you and I had not really met in person or exchanged even that many words on social media, I saw you were here. I'm like, she looks like someone who I would really connect with and like have a lot in common with. So, yeah, it was a no-brainer. I was like, hey, come join us for a bachelor viewing party. And I'm so happy you came because a lot of time women don't come. They just Mm -hmm. think I'm a freak. So I appreciate it. I appreciate that you came and like, look, now we're friends. Woohoo. Yes. I did not think you were a freak at all. I was so excited about it. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Before we jump into the episode, I love to set an intention. And so I'll list mine. And then if you want to think about yours and share yours after, we'll go from there. Okay. So my intention today is to expand my capacity to show up as a curious friend, but also as like a mentee. I want to be able to learn from you through listening and asking questions that drive intentional conversation. What are you thinking? That's incredible. So beautifully said. I would really love to just reflect and reset because opportunities like this, like you're giving me an opportunity to really like remember why I do what I do. And I think often, you know, being a social media influencer, but also being in the Navy, sometimes I have that imposter syndrome. Like I'm not doing enough or I'm not experienced enough or, you know, you know, insert insecurity there. And then I speak to others. And I'm like, wait a second, I do have value. Like I do have experience to share. So it kind of helps me like stay the course and continue on. So I appreciate it so much. Yeah. I love that. Okay. We're going to start from the very beginning. I know in your, one of your most recent misunderstood podcasts, you talked about early leadership in your life, but I want to know from that girl who started her leadership journey or even before that, what were your dreams and how have your dreams from that point in life evolved and changed from college through post-grad into where you are today? Mm-hmm. I've reflected on this so, so much. And I really, I contribute a lot of it to pageantry because through your pageant journey, you have to, you have to really dig deep and think like why you are the way you are and what makes you different. And, you know, how did your upbringing impact you and how, where you're at now. So I didn't really reflect until I started competing in the Miss USA system. And then I realized, you know, my parents, specifically my mom, I have a lot of like core memories with my mom where these, these different things would come up in my life and she would always be like, well, why can't you do that? Or, you know, why shouldn't you do that? Or, you know, and I would have these kind of immediately immediately put restrictions on myself and like my talents, you know, and I don't know where that comes from. I think maybe it's just natural for children, but a story I recently shared on social media was in the, it was either third or fifth grade. Um, I think it was third grade. I wanted to run for class secretary and I thought like, oh, I'm a writer and I'm a girl. So I'm going to be class secretary. Came home and told my mom, I was like, let's make some posters. And she was like, why not class president? And I didn't have an answer. I literally was like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I, I'm a girl. Like, you know, I just really didn't have an answer. And she was like, no, 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 you could be class president. And so I ran for class president. And it, that's just, you know, one scenario where I, you know, didn't just try out for a, a school play, but she was like, why can't you be the lead? And I'm like, oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm not, you know, I don't have experience or I don't have that good of a voice. And she'd be like, you have a beautiful voice. Do it, Kelly. Like, absolutely. And I would go it. And then sometimes I would achieve it or and sometimes I wouldn't. But 
every time I would learn something. And so that pattern continued on throughout my life, even applying to schools, figuring out what I wanted to do. You know, I wanted forever and still to this day, I want to be a morning show host. That's what I want to be. <laughs> I wanted to be since the fifth grade. And, you know, the same similar pattern. My mom was like, well, you know, you can be a morning show host, but there's an opportunity for you to go to the Naval Academy. You could be a reporter in the Navy, get experience, get leadership experience. You always, always have the opportunity to be a morning show host later or do it at the same time. And so my dad kind of mentored me through that as I entered the Navy, went to the Naval Academy. So even now, it's kind of like, why I enjoy doing my social media so much because it is another example of doing both like podcasting, social media, like that kind of fills the void in me that wants to be that morning show television host while still serving my country in the capacity that I am. So a long winded way of saying like there was always those patterns, you know, that my parents really pushed me to maximize my potential. And so now it's just part of my DNA. I'm like, what what else can I do? Why don't I try that? Let's let's see. Like yeah. if I fall on my face, okay. It's a good story for later. Yes. And I love that you had those early experiences of being able to fall on your face sometimes and then still having the encouragement of your mom and your family around you to continue moving forward. Because I think that's a really pivotal part of growing up and allowing yourself mm-hmm. to build confidence in leadership positions as you grow. So I love that your mom had such a great impact on you in that way. It's so, so true. Like when you fail and you will, like this just in, I'm sure our listeners have already (laughs) failed. Like you absolutely will, but choose to fail forward and don't Mm -hmm. fall back, you know? And, And that's a choice I made a long time ago Um, You know, through my experiences, not everything has always worked out for me. But, you know, for example, when I was runner up at Miss California, yeah, I took a couple weeks to just really just sit around in my sweats and eat salmon rolls and, you know, like kind of try to overcome that. You know, Mm -hmm. I really, you know, felt was feeling of emotional loss. Mm -hmm. But then after that, it was like, okay, I can either take this. 10 seconds of fame and run with it. Like everyone's looking at me. What am I going to do? What else can I do? Or I can just sit back and wallow. And I was like, no, I'm going to, you know, take the fact that I was runner up and build a platform and start a podcast and speak to this because if anything, it's more relatable to fail than it always is to succeed. That's actually a huge lesson that I can learn because we shared that accomplishment in becoming first runner-ups. It is an accomplishment. It is. It is an accomplishment. And when I got first runner-up at Miss Michigan, I did. I took that little bit of time to wallow and like sit in because you 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 see yourself walking away with it. So when you don't walk away with it, it's like a heartbreak. It's a Mm -hmm. little bit of a heartbreak and you have to accept that. And something that I can learn from what you just said was creating a platform off of that accomplishment. I don't think that I pushed that accomplishment enough in my mind and in my life after the fact to like continue to build off of it. Mm -hmm. I took it more internally as, wow, you just did that. You pushed yourself really hard to get fit. You pushed yourself to be mentally ready. You pushed yourself to speak on stage and present yourself poisedly on stage. Mm -hmm. But then there are so many other aspects that you can take from it and continue to grow forward with it. And so I love that you utilize it still as an accomplishment that you 
are still learning from and have learned from in the past. So you kind of told us about it already, your interest in joining the military and pageantry and modeling, but when did they begin to intersect? Like when? (laughs) (laughs) When did all of these things start to align? When did they all start to come together? Uh, When did you start getting into pageantry and modeling? And then at what point in your life did the Navy become a serious option for you? I kind of want to understand like the layerings and how they all layer together. Oh my goodness. Um, it is so complex. And I, I sometimes forget that like, you know, new followers and stuff, people are probably like, okay, we get it, Kelly. Like you did a pageant, you're a runner up or you have a podcast or whatever, but they've been following me for years. Whereas mm-hmm. like new followers don't understand everything that I've done. That's kind of wrapped up into who I am today and like what my platform is. So, um, you know, I have technically been in the Navy since I was 17. I joined the Navy at the Naval Academy you go to college for four years at the Naval Academy. It's very, very hard. And then you graduate <laughs> and then you commission as a Naval officer. So I commissioned as an ensign in the U.S. Navy at 21. And now I'm, I'm about to mark nine years active duty service in May, which is like sounds wow. so old. Like I, no. I feel like I'm really old, but I look really young. So that's good. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so you know, my mindset was Navy only. And that's kind of what you're taught. Like military service, first and foremost, the only thing you can do at times, it's the priority. It's the mission above your family, above everything else. Like it's the call of service, which is why you raise your right hand. And it's a really big deal. But with that, like there were potential options of me pursuing passions in little windows I had, but it was like, no, 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 don't do that. Like that's, that's just not okay. Like it's frowned upon in the military. You're not going to be dedicated. You're not going to be taken seriously. So it first started with me when I was first stationed in San Diego, first couple of years in the Navy, I started a photography business and it was truly because I wanted to have an outlet. Like the Navy's very serious. It's really, really hard. Like it's not very creative. Mm-hmm. So that was my creative outlet. Did that, ran with it, loved it, and started dealing with people and pushback then. Well, I took that to getting stationed in Ohio and pageantry fell into my lap. I truly just wanted to make some friends. I'd never done a pageant before ever in my whole life. And I signed up for Miss Ohio USA. So I'm 24 years old, never did a pageant, but I had a lot of confidence. So I was like, I'm going to go on stage and tell, and tell my story. Mm-hmm. Um, learned a lot from that. And I thought I was going to be one and done. Like never again. You know, this one time I was voted Miss Congeniality, made top 15. I was like, this is a good story for later. Well, within that first year, right after the pageant, right after my first competition in 2016, you know, I got a really great response from the Navy. And public affairs office and Navy recruiting, they decided to feature me in a documentary about my involvement with Miss Ohio, kind of what that meant to me, how I decided to continue to be really feminine, to balance passions. How am I doing that to showcase that there are people like me in the military who do both, right? Mm -hmm. So this is before I even had it. I was like, I didn't even know this was different or unique. I was just doing me. Like I have a lot of interests. Modeling fell a little bit after that. Uh, New View Model Management is one of the sponsors of Miss Ohio USA. I ended up signing with them. So I started doing both my service in the Navy alongside of these passions. 
and continuously communicating with my chain of command along the way, but still performing at a really top level in the Navy. And I think had I not done that, it would not have been received as well. You know, if I wasn't mm-hmm. making my career the priority and performing at a high level, they'd be like, mm, this is just a distraction. Like, you don't need to be doing pageants. You don't need to be doing modeling. You don't need to be doing X, Y, Z. Like, you need to focus on your job. Mm-hmm. But I still always put that first. And so I figured out a way to balance it, time management, carving out of my schedule, prioritization, and just really trusted that these things I was learning outside of the Navy were truly making me better as a Naval officer. So as best as possible, I've kept them up. As my work in the Navy's gotten harder, I've turned to things I can control myself. For example, you know, I can't always run off to a modeling shoot at the last minute. As you know, like mm-hmm. they're very random and they're very random times, but I can post on social media when I want to. I can record a podcast when I want to. So I've tried to find areas of flexibility where I can still be creative while still managing my career in the Navy. But they've all kind of worked together, but they came to fruition within the last like, probably like six years of my life. Yeah, that was going to be my next question of how how they've helped each other grow. Like how has being a naval officer helped your passions grow and vice versa? How have your passions helped you grow as a naval officer, as a leader? Yeah, I cannot recommend enough for you to do something completely different than your profession because you know, being a naval officer, there's all kinds of naval officers, very intrusive leadership. There's those who are a little bit more timid. Those are very outspoken. Um, those who are very conceptually and intellectually brilliant. And then there's those that have great, you know, emotional and interpersonal skills. Like there's all kinds of naval officers. And there's, you know, those who are out in combat, those are on ships. I'm a human mm-hmm. resources officer. Like my skills, and my talents are different. However, Through photography, I started learning personal branding. I started learning how to run a business. I started learning about social media. I took that when I was stationed in Ohio and doing recruiting. All those skills are what started my social media accounts in the Navy and helped me recruit over 30 people, 30 doctors into the Navy through a photography business. Those Mm -hmm. basics, right? I started being comfortable being in front of the camera because of modeling. So I would take photos in uniform and post them online and share my story as a naval officer. And, you know, I think just in general, like having the confidence to be in front of the camera, it was like second nature to me. A lot of naval officers would never dare get in front of a camera, (laughs) but they have no idea how powerful of a message it is to share your story with the world and show that we are real people. And it's not this super intimidating thing to be in the military. It's, It's actually full of people just like you and me that are serving their country. And then in addition to that, you know, being on stage, both the confidence that comes from being an officer in the military, I brought that on stage with me and and pageantry taught me how to be really intentional with my speaking, concise, what my personal mission and brand are, what do I bring to the table? All of that built so much confidence in me. So they kind of like layer on top of each other. And the Navy has sent me to literally dozens of schools and universities, media appearances, to speak about my experiences in the Navy, they don't even realize that a lot of my confidence in public speaking came from pageantry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, because like, I was in a because, pageant. Because, yes. Yeah, exactly. And they like, helped I'm, empower that too by, by mm-hmm. allowing you to take that force and continue going with it. Exactly. So mm-hmm. they all work in conjunction. Had I never tapped into any of those outside passions, I would be such a linear 
naval lieutenant. Having yeah. one experience, one thing all the time, but I have so many different avenues of which I express myself and I gain experience and confidence and talents and skills that you tap into them over time. So I cannot tell you how important it is to do more than one thing. Yeah. For somebody who might be in a place in their life where they feel as if they've gotten comfortable in their linear daily life. They they go to their nine to five, they come home, they cook dinner, you know, and that is where they're at in life. But they want to keep growing. They want to explore something new or find a different passion or just anything to add on to the other areas of their life that they want to explore. What do you feel like are some good steps to begin? I'd say first, like, yes, first it has to be the the desire to Mm want to do more. You know, like some people are perfectly okay with doing, you know, their nine to five, coming home, watching Netflix, going to bed and repeating. Like Mm -hmm. that's great. I'm happy for you. I'm not that person. (laughs) I'm not that person. I never will be that person. I know a lot (laughs) of people who are not like that. So I'd say first you have to have the will to do it. Second, reflect on what truly does bring you joy. And I think that that's important because what brings you joy may not always be what pays the bills. And I love to model and I loved photography and I love social media and I love podcasting. But you know from experience, like modeling doesn't necessarily pay your bills, doesn't always mm-hmm. pay your rent, especially when you're starting out. You might get there eventually. When you're right. starting out, it doesn't. Same with podcasting. You're not going to start out podcasting making $1,000 an episode. Mm-mm. So I think you know, what does truly bring you joy? Is it creating an Etsy shop, making bracelets, arts and crafts, starting to tap into that. And then if you want to take it to the next level, find a mentor and find someone who's already successfully doing it. You know, you're not going to wake up the next day and have a thousand followers on your podcast, but you might wake up the next day and have a better plan to start building an episode gallery. So someday you can have a thousand followers on your podcast, but connect with people who can, who've already been there, done that and can help pave the way for you because it's going to make the process so much better than kind of stepping into it blind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is going to take a lot longer. Um, and then lastly, I would say, you know, just being really, really comfortable being uncomfortable because it's kind of like Bambi taking steps for the first time. Like you don't know what you're doing, but you know that you like it and you enjoy it and it's an outlet for you. So, oh my God, I am so embarrassed when I look back on my first pageant. So embarrassed. What was I wearing? What was I doing? Why did I, why was I saying that? I don't think I did interview prep. Like I was so embarrassed looking (laughs) at my, oh my God, literally just did it. Like the Bambi legs shaking in there. But I was like, but I want to do this. This is fun. Mm -hmm. Um, So like, don't be scared just to like hop right in. And like I said, fail forward as you learn through all of those things. That is a huge piece that has helped me move forward in so many different areas of my life. I feel like I am also somebody, well, I am somebody who's multi-passionate, right? And Mm -hmm. I have all these different areas of life and I'm like trying to work on my prioritization for all of them. But the first step is just starting one of them. So when my podcast came to mind, I was like, 
I don't care if my first episode isn't perfect. Done is better than perfect because I'm at least putting myself out there, allowing myself the ability to grow. And that is one of the reasons why I called this podcast Growing Pains because Mm -hmm. there's going to be pains when you're growing. You're going to look back and you're going to be like, oh my God, why did I say that? Why did I do that? And you're going to cringe at the things you put out, but you can learn from them and you can grow from them. And that comes from every area of life, no matter what you want to start, no matter where you want to go. I love it. Oh my God. Yes. Praise me, Emoji. (laughs) Yes, me to you. (laughs) Like, yeah, the beginning of everything. I mean, the first photo shoot I ever did, ew, like both as a model and a photographer, like gross. Um, My premiere, my pilot episode of my podcast somehow was like, thousands of downloads and I'm like ew please stop going to my pilot episode stop. please there's literally 82 episodes that you can go dive into that are way better than that first one but everyone scrolls to the bottom and they go to the pilot uh-huh. episode and I'm like ew it's like you're peeking into my diary it's disgusting um but you know I also have to be a little proud of it because it was like baby Kelly learning how to podcast learning how to talk and I think Again, connecting yourself with people who are already experienced in whatever industry or passion you're trying to get into, please talk with them. Please discuss it with them because you're going to help, you're going to improve so much faster. And then also to take that forward, whatever it is, like be ready for criticism and feedback. Feedback mm-hmm. is so important. Feedback in the, in the manner of, you know, just asking people to listen or watch or, you know, take part in whatever you're doing. Um, but also if you can like analytics, for example, you know, social media has gotten easier for me because I will be like, why am I just keep trying to build, build a fresh start post every single day with a brand new idea? Like clearly people like when I post X and Y and Z, I need to keep posting mm-hmm. X and Y and Z. <laughs> like, right. I don't need to keep posting AJFK. Like I need to keep on. And then yeah. Like over the last year, my social media doubled because I just stuck to like what the people want and what I want to share. And sometimes what I want to share might bomb, but every once in a while, that's fine because it's still like what I want to share and what I want to remember. So paying attention to that as well. But it's kind of like a system of feedback and it's going to make you better. That's where I'm at in my life. I'm like, I can't. I'm having such a hard time niching down. I know that's such like a, it's such a typical word in our industry and in social media now. It's like finding your niche, going with your niche, doing what the people want. And in my point in life right now, I'm like, um, listen to my podcast. <laughs> Come to this Pilates class with me. You know, oh, I also work in sports. Like I, I have not found my niche. I have not really nailed it down yet. And so I think something that has been big for me is allowing myself to explore each of those. And if they fail or if I'm not getting good feedback from one of them, taking a step back and being like, okay, is this something I am truly passionate about? Or am I okay with letting it kind of fizzle off and letting it, mm-hmm. you know, become something that I'm not putting attention towards anymore? Not necessarily nixing it as like a fail, which I mean, if you define failure, yes, it would be because you're not focusing it on, on it anymore. But it was a stepping stone to let you know that maybe other things are doing better in your life. Maybe that's what's filling you up more. So yes, mm-hmm. taking feedback, stepping back, realizing that it's okay if something isn't working out and letting it fade and yeah. then moving forward and finding what the people want and what you can offer to the world. And I think Great. if you 
are doing things because they inspire you. Mm -hmm. First and foremost, that is the most important thing. Like you should not be doing anything because you think it's what followers want to see or your parents want to see or your partner wants to see or it's going to make you the most Instagram famous. Like that people will see through it, if not right away, eventually. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think through my experiences, like I pursued all of this because I wanted to and it brought me joy. And you know, there might be people, for example, who follow me because I'm a naval officer. There might be other people who follow me because I'm married and I give a lot of personal advice. Or there might be other people who are only interested in my podcast. Like, but all of those things are things that matter to me. So mm-hmm. I'm going to keep showing up and and I want to keep doing them because I find them fun and enjoyable. And so I think overarching, like my brand is just being Kelly. Like, I'm going to keep being Kelly. You can join the ride or you don't have to. And I think personally, I can start to tell when just because it's what the people want, like, it's stressing me out and it's making it less fun. Like, you're Mm -hmm. getting pulled in multiple directions because they're like, oh, Olivia, we need more fitness content. We need more fitness content. We really love fitness content. That's great. Like, I'm so happy that you, your audience loves this, but... You also, if it's, if you're starting to feel like, you know what, today, like, I really just want to veg and drink a hot tea and watch Gilmore Girls, like, then do that. Do that. Like, that's, you have to fill your cup before you can fill others. So film the fitness content tomorrow, you know, but Mm -hmm. I sometimes feel overwhelmed because my demand on social media, specifically Instagram, is getting to be really high. That's amazing. Like, that's what I always wanted. So I want to, I want to have a great audience and I want to inspire people. But sometimes I'm like, I don't want to post today. (laughs) I don't want to. And so I don't. And I only show up when I feel inspired and rejuvenated because I want to do it. And I think that 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 is received well. You know, when Mm -hmm. you're showing up because you think other people want that from you or you have to model or you have to be this person on social media, you have to have these passions – you're going to you're going to lose that fire over time because you're not the one igniting it yourself. Yeah. Great advice. I need that tattooed <laughs> and put all over my room. <laughs> that was yes, I I'm sitting here just staring because I'm like trying to take it all in and be like, yes. Mhm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> little by little. And hey, I'm I will say like I'm 30 years old now. This has come from a lot of reflection and a lot of breakdowns and a lot of haters and a lot of, you know, people telling me I should and should not do something. And through that process, I think it gets easier to push back when someone says you should not be doing this. I'm like, but I'm doing it because it 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 fills my cup. It makes me happy. Like you're telling Mm -hmm. me to stop doing something because it makes me happy. Like. And then they usually don't – they can't say anything back to that because they're like, oh, like I thought you were on social media for validation from others. I'm like, no. No. I'm on it because I – it's like a journal for me. It's fun for me, you know? Right. You're going to take that away from me? No. You can't. You can't do that. (laughs) Exactly. And that's a great segue into – we've talked about how you've built your confidence as a naval officer and through pageantry and everything of that sort. But where did 
the confidence start? Where did it really start igniting from within you? Because confidence is something that has always been within everybody. Like it's inside. It cannot be given to you from external validation. So at what point did you feel as if, you know what, this is me and I am confident in who I am and that cannot change because of somebody else's opinions? Yeah. I mean, definitely a long road here. Um, like I said, taking those small steps back in grade school or high school or, you know, whatever it is, I, I continuously put myself in scary situations. And by that, I mean challenging. Like I always challenge myself and my parents always push me to challenge myself. Right. And it typically, you know, I'd say 70% of the time, like they went well. And then I was like, hey, I did just do that. That's kind of mm-hmm. cool. Like, I can't believe I did it. And a lot of words of affirmation, that's my love language for sure, coming from like them first and foremost. You know, my parents on me like, you can do this. You are smart. You are talented. Why can't you be first? Like, I'm like, oh, yes. yeah, you're right, you know. But I'd say as an adult, really first like reflecting on when I feel the most confident sounds so silly, right? Like, oh, if I'm the most confident in this scenario, I should keep doing that more. But you should. Like, people don't pay attention to when they are the most confident. And for Mm -hmm. me, it sounds so silly, but I'm the most confident when I'm put together. I have a full face of makeup on, a great lipstick color. My hair is done. I have a, a cute outfit on or maybe a uniform, but I feel put together. And I noticed that in high school. That if I had a killer outfit and a great face of makeup on, I was like, let's go kill this calc exam. Like mm-hmm. I, I just all, but I never, if I showed up, I mean, if I showed up in a way that like, I was like, oh, I hate my outfit. I hate my hair. Like literally my confidence was shot. Yeah. I couldn't go take on the world that day. So I've carried that in through my military career of, you know, having a full face of makeup on and, and lipstick because I feel more confident not doing it for anyone else, but for myself. And the same thing with, you know, when I keep putting myself in these challenging experiences, I learn something along the way. I learn maybe something I'm bad at or something I'm good at. And I, that all builds confidence over time. Yeah. So I learned I'm good at public speaking. I am good at being in front of a camera. You know, I can pick things up pretty quickly if I have someone show me how to do it. So all of those qualities make me less fearful of doing new things. So I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll probably be really bad at it the first time, but show me two or three more times. I got this. Like, I'll figure it out, yeah. you know? And I'm on it. Exactly. And I'm the same way, yeah. It comes from, you know, challenging yourself. Like, you're not going to grow if you keep staying in a space, a safe space. What I heard a lot, like the biggest thing that I wanted to pull out and give to everybody who's listening is it's a process. It wasn't like, aha, today I'm confident. And like, then you were just never not confident again. You know, it's going through it and learning what makes you feel confident and sticking with it. So I just wanted to re-pull that out because it it doesn't happen overnight. And it's once you become confident, that doesn't mean you're never going to not feel confident again. You know, it doesn't mean that you're not going to have bad days where you don't feel good. It just is a process and yeah. it's ongoing and it's forever. Love that. I will do a, a quick plug. Um, I can send you the link. I did a nine-week confidence challenge on my podcast, episode 80. And 
I have a reason why it's nine weeks. I have little tidbits along the way, but things you can kind of start implementing over time. Um, I said so many people ask me, like, how did you get so confident? And I'm like, it's just these little, little actions over time. And I still mm-hmm. get insecure. Like, I just told you I I had an experience literally on Saturday where to my face, I was I was covering something from the Navy on social media. And a stranger on the street, I heard someone say like, oh, I think it's that girl from social media. And the guy looked at me and he was like, oh, you suck. And I was like so taken back by that. I was like – because normally in in person, people are like, hey, like it's Lieutenant Zabrocki. So good to see you. Instagram, yay. Yeah, and I'm like, thanks. And it's like great, right? And I have the online trolls, which is fine. Keyboard warriors, yeah. Ignore them. (laughs) Yeah. But in person, I was like, wow, like that – and I had 20 other people come up to me that day and say something really positive, right? But – the rest of the day, I was like off kilter because I was like, do other people think I suck? Like, is this a popular opinion? Like, who else is going to say something mm-hmm. really rude to me today? And it's taken me a couple days of reflection, even people like you, like having this conversation of being like, wait a second, like, I do have a purpose. I may not inspire every single person, but I inspire the people who do respond to my message and yeah. want to be inspired by my message. You know, it's going to fall on the deaf ears of some people, but it's also going to be, you know, received well by those who are looking and want this message. So you can't always please everyone, but, you know, it's you're human. Like you're human and people are going to be insecure. Right. It's almost it's almost better that you don't mm-hmm. please everyone. You know, if, if you're if you are out to please absolutely everyone, that means you are probably letting go a piece of yourself. Yes. Right. Yes. So absolutely <laughs> not pleasing everybody and being okay with not pleasing everybody. Mm-hmm. But then you're right in those moments where you're not feeling good or somebody who doesn't like you is vocal about it. Once again, going back to that inner place of this is who I am. This is what's making me happy. And this is how I move forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The big moment for me, like when I was like, oh my God, Kelly, like I have to be in mutuals with this girl. First was when you were on the live with As I Swim, and I was like, okay. Oh my God, I can't believe you remember that. She's for that. real, for real. I can't believe yes. you remember that. I forgot oh my about God. that. No. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, that was a big moment for me. And you were on the live for As I Swim, and I was listening to you, and I was like, and I had been following you a little bit before that as well, but once you made it on there, I was like, people can do this. Like, (laughs) everybody is possible. Like, it's possible for everybody. And so after that moment, you had your do both challenge. And I can't remember if it was before, if it was after, or how simultaneously these two things happened. But I saw so many people show up with hashtag do both on my social media pages. And I was like, Kelly created that. She just did it. Like, Mm, I I want, can you elaborate on First of all, how just creating a simple hashtag, like do both on your social media platform can create such big waves, like something so small, just being like, hey, show me your hashtag, how you do both can make such an impact in people's lives. And I'd also just like to know the inner workings of what do both means to you and what it is for this world. Oh my gosh. Ah, the user that just gave me chills. That means so much to me. Um, I... I'm so touched and it's like weird to think about all these situations I put myself in that connect me to people like you. 
you know, just another <laughs> example of, you know, putting yourself in scary situations and then something. I, hey, I never got a call back for SI. I never did. Mm-mm. Doesn't mean I won't eventually, hopefully someday, but I never did. Right. And look at the positivity that still came from it. You know, me competing right. in something like Sports Illustrated Swimsuit. You know, do both. I actually never used the entire four times I competed in the Miss USA system. I always had other platforms, had other things. And I think it's because at the time I didn't understand the magnitude of just how something so simplistic could be so important. Like I was kind of shooting for something Mm -hmm. really big and big motivational platforms that I could launch if I won. And then through COVID, I was just like, you know, overall – like, this is my platform. Like, this is what I keep showing up and saying. Is this something really as simple as do both? That's what my, when I filmed with the Navy, that documentary, it was, I never said the words do both, but the theme was embracing your individuality in and out of the military. Like, and mine is femininity. Yeah. It just, I keep, there was this theme, constant theme of me, like, doing right. both, right? And and then I thought doing both was being a pageant and being in the military, you can do both be in a ball gown and wear a uniform. And then that involves to, you can do both by being in the military and doing Sports Illustrated and being in a bikini. And then that involved to people reaching out being like, hey, I'm not in Sports Illustrated, but I do both by being a working professional and a mom. I'm both a doctor and I'm a model. I'm a podcaster and I'm a dad. Like, it's mm-hmm. so overarching, it became this platform of, this is how I do both. And I'm like, this in general is relatable. Like it speaks to the fact that, again, you don't have to have that one linear path. There's not just one way to do life. You can have multiple paths and multiple lanes and learn along the way. And it doesn't make you wrong. It just makes you different. And tapping into those is going to make you a more confident, empowered person. And so for me now, I. I have five different ways I measure do both because Mm -hmm. I'm a wife. Like I am a wife. I have an amazing husband and period. Boof. Like (laughs) I that he's my priority. He's my number one priority. So Mm -hmm. how do I be in the military and be a wife? How do I be a, a hopefully a working mom one day and be a wife? Like that's one. And then I also have my passions. How am I, uh, you know, a podcaster and an influencer and be in the military? How do I be feminine and be in the military? Like there's all these different ways which I can preach to do both. And it's been fun hearing the different interpretations, but also like empowering and encouraging people along the way. When you came up with the idea, just hashtag do both, was it just simply like one day you had found that connection from all the years and you were like, you know what? I'm going to label this. Let's make it happen. You know, I, I the hashtag has been around for a bit. Like I know there's like thousands of people that hashtag it every day. I'm sure. I'm sure that there's another woman out there in the world who, who uses, has done it. Yeah. Before. Like yes. who uses mm-hmm. it, Absolutely. who talks to it. But over time, like I said, it came from holding space. Yes. And honestly, I think like followers started posting it, like commenting it. You know, Mm -hmm. through like Sports Illustrated search and stuff, people are like, yeah, show them how we do both. And I'm like, huh, I think I'm on to something here. That's a good one. Yeah. (laughs) You know, you're on to something. I might have to take that. Exactly. (laughs) I love that. Okay. Before we finish up today, my final little segment that I love to do is your now, your new, and your next. So whatever comes to your mind when we, I ask you what your now is, what your new is, what your next is. 
That's what I want to hear from you. Okay. Right? Okay. So what is your now? It could be anything, a hobby, a goal, um, a mantra, an intention. What's your now? My now is I am in a season of development. Like I am being pushed in ways I've never been pushed to before, uh, mentally, physically, spiritually, like this girl is keeping her head above water in the trenches. Like I've got a lot going on and I think back, I I know I'm going to think back to this season I'm in and be like, wow, I got through it and I learned a lot from it and it's going to get easier. And what's your new? My new is, well, this is a little preemptive, but I'm going to share it. I haven't shared this at all. (laughs) I haven't shared it at all. So this just in. This is just in. This is just in. Growing Pains podcast. Exclusive. (laughs) Yes. My new is that I am going to be staying in Chicago for my next set of orders, which I'm very excited about. Woo! Yes, I plan to announce it on social media soon. Um, but you know, the Navy's very unpredictable. We had no idea where we were going or what we were doing or if we were staying. And I just found out a couple weeks ago that I'm still waiting for the handwritten orders, but um, or the printed paper copy, but that we should be staying here for another three years. So, oh, yeah, so exciting! So I'm excited to put some roots down a little bit, you know? Yes. Yeah, definitely. Oh my god, I love that for you. Yay! Thank you. And I love that for me because yes, here I, I am. Friendship, <laughs> friendship. Yay! Okay, and finally, what is your next? My next is I'm so excited for 2023. I am going to be moving into a new job, hopefully kind of focusing a little bit on me. I've been doing a lot of focusing on other people for a while now. I really want to take care of me um, so I can, you know, be a better mentor, a better wife, a better friend. And also in 2023, I think one of my resolutions is going to be to make myself or like to not book myself up Mm -hmm. as much. Like if anything, carve out time to just like do nothing, like do what Mm -hmm. Kelly wants to do. You know what I mean? Cause right now I'm kind of running into what all these other people want me to do all the time. I think that, like I said, if you're not filling up your own cup, it's hard to pour into others. So I'm going to go into this next chapter, like being a little bit more selfish with my time and, you know, resetting and recharging. Perfect answers. Thank you so much incredibly much for being here i have learned personally so much oh my gosh well thank you so much for having i'm so proud of you thank you i'm so proud only because i have people to look up to Mm -hmm. like you and like all of the other incredible women who are doing it before me and so thank you for being one of them absolutely always here for you and cheering you on Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of Misunderstood Podcast. I love hearing from you guys, and I want you to take a screenshot of this episode, tag at misunderstood.podcast on Instagram, and share a takeaway from today's episode. Something you love, something you wanted more of, whatever it is, it helps me learn what you guys want to hear. Please consider leaving a review on iTunes or Spotify. I want to give a special shout out to my friends at Hatch for producing this episode. If you are looking to launch a podcast or if you already have one, you can get unlimited podcast editing by visiting usehatch.fm. That's usehatch.fm. 
Thanks so much, guys. Until next week, this is your misunderstood Kelly Hall.